1: The Von Erich family is legendary. He was
2: kind of a bully.
1: Lance, Lance by chance as Von
2: They were afraid I would go to WWF. So they kind of on television it, that I wasn't a real Von Erich.
1: Find out what Lance talked about in his book. You
2: know how many people that I've worked with that are, are dead, especially with world class. Many, many, many people took steroids on top of the other drugs. Chris Adams headbutted the the co-pilot
1: And find out what happened when Lance left
2: Dallas I used to run guns from the States to South Africa and got busted in the UK Lance Lance by chance, wrestling
1: Wrestling as a boner Buy your book today at Wrestleville.com
2: or on Amazon
0: You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast I dare you to listen Hashtag challenge accepted You're listening to
1: the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest this episode is Jace Osei, professional wrestling for four years. Sir, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing I'm doing very well and I am excited to talk to you. I have seen you around. Uh you're a pretty big. You're a pretty big dude. I grew up watching uh 80s wrestling and so big dudes were were the thing and that was kind of like, you know, Kamala, King Kong Bundy, Bruiser Brody, Andre the Giant, you know, One Man Gang and all, you know, I like all those guys. You're you're pretty you're pretty
0: tall. You're pretty you're pretty built. What's your size, Jace? Um so I'm actually six foot four and I am 265 pounds. Okay. Yeah. So
1: you can you can bring it right
0: yes sir yes sir <laughs> you uh,
1: you you've, if you're gonna if you're gonna get called out in a fight at a bar uh, that guy's probably really drunk
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know is either really drunk or he's like you know really brave and either way you know I respect it you know what I'm saying <laughs> So uh, let's talk a little bit about where
1: you're from. Uh, I would just by your accent, I I would say maybe uh, southeastern Alabama. <laughs>
0: I wish. Um, no, I'm actually originally from um, from London, England, uh, okay. a small town in the north of London called Tottenham. Um, if you follow Premier League soccer, I think, um, the Tottenham Hotspurs, um, that's pretty much the team for my area. And so, like, that's the way I kind of tell people about my town because it's not really, like, a well-known town. I know everybody knows about, like, central London and the West End and all that stuff. So when I tell them I'm from North London, from Tottenham, it's like, oh, okay, where? So usually I kind of tell them about the, um, the the soccer team, the Tottenham Hotspurs, to give them some kind of context as to, oh, like, oh, he's from this place. And, um, and I think, to be honest... Um, a lot of the NFL teams. So when they play the London games, they play at the Tottenham Hotspur stadium. So we have a lot of NFL teams coming to play in my stadium right now as well.
1: Okay. Have Have you ever had the opportunity to see an NFL game over there?
0: Um, no, because every time like I go back home, it's always in the summertime. Um, hopefully next time I can go back um in the winter or the fall time and they're playing a game over there. So that, that way I can to go see and experience it. Uh
1: huh. What What is your impression of uh, NFL? I mean, you've been over um, here in the states for a little while, so I'm I'm sure you've consumed some of it, right?
0: I mean, to be, I have a lot. I have a few friends that are playing in the NFL, a few um, old teammates that are playing the NFL right now. Um, I actually came out here um, to play college football, so that's the reason why I'm in America. Um, I played for Baylor for three years, and then I played for Texas A and Commerce for my last two. Um, so, Texas A and Commerce, um, actually, right now, he's playing. Um, I had a teammate called Cade Coho. And he's actually playing right now against Philadelphia Eagles for the Miami Dolphins. Oh wow! And funny, funny enough, he plays second string for Xavier Howard, who I played with at Baylor University. And um, my friend Kyle Fuller, um, he's, if he's listening to this, you know, shout out to Kyle. And he right now is signed to the Baltimore Ravens. And so, um, you know, I have, a, I have a lot of friends in the NFL, but uh, and and to be fair, I'm a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, so. You know, kind of cheering against Kader tonight, but because I need the Eagles to get this victory after what happened last week. Um, and so far, I think they're like two touchdowns ahead right now. I don't know. Last time I checked, it, I think um, the Miami Dolphins were just about to score. Um, they were in like the red zone area, so hopefully they didn't. But we, we'll, we'll see.
1: You know, being from England, is that where you 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 picked up mixed martial arts too, or I mean, okay.
0: Yeah, my cousin. Um, he was big into karate when we were growing up. And so um, obviously I looked up to him and um, he was kind of like, you know, we always have that one family member that you kind of gravitate towards. And so because of him, I wanted to get into martial arts. So I started doing taekwondo um, when I was younger. And then I started getting into judo and then I got into shido khan karate. And that's what I was doing before I got um, the to come over here to play college football. And then after football, you know, I still wanted to do martial arts. There's still a big passion in my life. And um, that's when I joined um, my gym, which is out here in the area that I live in. And then I started doing um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and um, Dutch style kickboxing. And at first I was getting some of their MMA fighters ready for their fights. And then my coaches were like, hey, no, you're pretty good. So we want you to actually start doing MMA as well. And so I had, I've had two cage fights and I won both of them. Um, potentially I'll get some more cage fights or some more ring fights, uh, maybe doing some more kickboxing as opposed to full-on MMA. And then um, I'm still competing in a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu tournaments. Um, compete in one earlier this year and did pretty well. And then hopefully I'm going to have a few more that I get to do um, this year and next year. And then like, hopefully uh, well, my, my aim is to potentially um, compete in the IBJJF World Championships and just test my skills out there, see, see how I stack up against the rest of the, the martial arts in the world. But... Um, but to be honest, I, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Martial arts is is definitely my life. I think um, I have to be around it at some point for like my life going forward. I don't think I could ever retire, as per se. Even if I can't compete no more, I think I'm gonna be sticking around with it's gonna be coaching it or, you know, teaching it with just, you know, kind of some kind of practice and have to I have to keep it in my life, you know.
1: Yeah, you know what? I've been I've been attracted to combative sports since I was 14 years old, whether it be pro wrestling, boxing. I worked for an MMA company. I did some boxing myself. And and I mean it's just when I sit down and you know, I'm kind of like, hey, who are you as a person and what are your likes and your interests? I think, wow, oh, why in the world of you know, because my brothers and sisters are are they were not into, you know, none of my my cousins were into to this but I was the one who gravitated to this and the only sport that I ever uh did was boxing uh mm-hmm. but I did uh I was a uh I had the opportunity to do some uh I was a uh, a matchmaker for a, <laughs> for an MMA uh promotion down here in South Texas and that happened because uh of my writing and my knowledge of knowing all the fighters and they'd come to me and say, Oh man, we're in trouble. We lost, we lost our uh, contender for the title. And I said, well, why don't you call this guy? And they go, well, who's that guy? He's number four in the state in that division. And before you know it, they were like, wow he really does know the fight scene right so you know I I just sometimes I wonder I was like man why did I I draw to this my joke is hey I just like to watch half naked people beat each other up you know it's like <laughs> but yeah it's it, it's a good it's a good sport and mixed martial arts and well boxing for me was very disciplined did you ever do any boxing
0: um yeah and I still do a lot of boxing so like um obviously with um with you know, kind of do mixed martial arts, you just have to be able to have some hands. Like, you know, because I always tell people their hands is like the entryway. You, you know I mean? You, you're never going to really go and, like, kick somebody, even in wrestling. It's it's rare that you ever just start by kicking somebody. You always, you know, you're, like, grabbing someone or punching someone. And usually, like, to punch someone is always a, is always a great way to, to gauge distance. It's always a great way to just gauge what your opponent is doing. And I feel like boxing is such an important part of everything and I think I would I would actually go as far as to say to anybody like you should just practice some kind of boxing even if, even if you're not going to compete just do it because I think it's, it's, it's great for just discipline it's great for hand-eye coordination it's great for fitness as well like I mean, boxing takes a lot of energy to do so if you're trying to get fit you know that's actually something that you can easily start without having to like know how to lift weights or anything like that you just have to just know how to like you know throw some combos together, and the more you practice it, the better it becomes. And actually, you expend a lot of calories and energy just trying to get these movements down and trying to get things perfected.
1: Yeah, and you can even do it without the buck, bo- the uh, Rocky uh, boxing soundtrack, but it does <laughs> help, right? It it really <laughs> it's something about that music is like dun, 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 right?
0: <laughs> I, it gets me hype so i 100 i always tell people hey if you can get like a good soundtrack especially the rocky soundtrack um what's the um the i think it's i think it's gonna fly now isn't it that uh, yeah yeah you have yeah. to put that, that, that I, I don't know I, I always listen to that when i'm working in the gym and it was hundred percent is my, my, one great track.
1: <laughs> you, you, you Funny story. We talking about that. I was on a road trip with a colleague of mine and we, we started talking about that movie and he had seen a documentary of how that music came about and they had gone to this composer and he, he did the music and, you know, and um, it was kind of like pre, you know, like in the early stages of, 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 of the movie. And then uh, eventually uh, his wife was like watching TV or something. She goes, Hey, uh, the boxing movie's coming out. And, and I heard your music and, and he was like, what boxing movie? You know, so it was (laughs) kind of, thing was like, he did this project, but it wasn't like, you know, um, like I said, it was in early, early stages, and if you know anything about like the movie, it was like very, very low key. It was like no one—I don't think anyone anticipated Rocky to be
0: what Rocky is at all. Like I heard, I actually heard about that um, about his Inception, and it was a very really interesting story. And it's also it's always interesting to kind of see how like things can go from such humble beginnings to being so big. And I think half of the half of the appeal of Rocky, which is some of the general appeal in wrestling is everybody loves like an underdog story. Everybody wants to see themselves represented in some way, shape or form. And I think like, you know, where Rocky was it like a low key thing, I think everybody saw themselves because like, you know, it was about a common man going to do some great things. And I think everybody identifies as being like a common person and having this dream of aspiring to go and do some big things. And you know, seeing this movie, it was almost like everybody's story was being told at once. And no matter who you are, there was some part of it that you could latch onto and say like, yeah, this is, I i, I get this. This is part of my story. This is, this is, this this right now resonates with me. And 100%, like I always, I get a message to, to, to try and get watching it with me. I say, this is like one of the greatest franchises, period. You know, right, you don't—you know, you don't even have to understand it. You can watch any of the movies, or you can just pick it up and so forth. It's just such a great story.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And 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 my my wife, it, it, she has a hard time watching like mixed martial arts, boxing, <laughs> especially. <laughs> she because she worked in a uh, in a uh, hospital with brain injured clients, and so mm-hmm. you know she's. Knows the severities of 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 that kind of activity, right? And uh, she's seen Rocky more than I, more than I have. And I said, I can't believe you you watch that movie over. It's a love story. I said, Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a man loves boxing. And she went, No, it's a love story. <laughs> but you know, but she she loves it. She's watched it more times than than I had. And so, yeah, it's
0: it's a very inspirational movie for sure for sure uh, it really is and, and, and it's true it's a love story i think you know even when i kind of think about me and my wife and like our beginnings and so forth like i can see a lot of our story in Rocky, where you know she's she's been with me for a lot of the you know kind of the the grind of going through sports and so forth and trying to you know get get bigger. And, and, um, you know, the nights where I've you know, been sore and the nights where I've been hurting, the nights where we have been celebrating, you know, it's, just, it's a roller coaster ride, but I think those moments are the moments that bring you so much more closer together because you get to, she gets to see me at my most vulnerable, where I might not display that to everybody else. And then um, I get to, you know, kind of see her at her most vulnerable in those in those moments. And then, um, you know, kind of make you realize that, you know, like, hey, anytime I go out and do something, it's bigger than myself. You know, it's not just about me and trying to get bigger. It's it's about me and, and my family, and you know, everybody who's around me. And and, and it, you know, a big lucky, to some degree, does capture that that, that those moments. And even the, the new Creed movies, actually, like I was watching Creed three the other day, which was absolutely brilliant. And um, that even captures that part, like we It's just about like number one friendship, and obviously the boxing match, and then also just the fact that like you know family solidarity. You know, like you can't you can't stop pushing people out, and you have to. I mean, especially when you've got like a, a Mrs. You have to you have to keep her. You have to keep her for everything, and then also you have to be there for everything for her as well. You know, it's just, it's a it's a lot of um it's a it's a lot of sacrifice in everybody's parts, but like everybody's always has to. I do their there in the family, You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: and you know what one one of the uh, the one of those movies in the in the franchise, I, I think three is one of my favorites with Mr. T. But I like um I like what I I, I I'll say it's number six. I I you know when he <laughs> came out of retirement and the the guy rookie guy. Oh, Balboa, yes.
0: Yeah, Rookie Balboa. You know
1: what? I have to admit, I liked that movie better than I thought I was going to like it.
0: (laughs) It was an absolutely amazing movie. Yeah,
1: it was very good. Very good. So, going back to wrestling... uh, you know, a lot of, I mean, today there's, you know, not just WWE and, and AEW, there's there's Impact, there's GCW is on the rise and, you know, there's uh, MLW, there's, there's wrestling companies uh, out there. Have you had the opportunity to uh, wrestle on any of those or what is your experience with any
0: of those companies? Well, my actual entryway into professional wrestling was my WWE tryout, um, which I had in yeah, the tail end of 2018. And um, there is a, actually, to be fair, like one of the people who's actually really in the rise, who's in my tryout, um, was Trick Williams. So Trick Williams was in the same boat as me, an athlete that had never, ever done wrestling. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to see his his progression his rise to being, you know, the NXT North American champions. It's amazing to see, especially someone who, you know, I kind of got into this business with just to kind of see where they're at right now. It's just amazing. And um, and that was pretty much my entryway um into getting into the sport. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to wrestle as per se in one of these big companies. But you know, who knows what can happen in the future, you know. I, I just I just been working and grinding and seeing what um seeing what takes place. But for me it was so special because growing up especially in london england i used to stay up like late at night watching and um, watching wrestling my first ever wrestling that i watched was wcw and um, one of my favorite um wrestlers was old school sting Blondehead Sting, and then um also the the, the fabulous steve rusting and um and flying brian pillman and they were a tag team at the time and i used to watch them every, every week and then um you know kind of fast forwarding and seeing that i'm actually in the same building as a lot of these rest of us who, you know, kind of work through and become big stars, it was really, 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 really humbling for me because it was like, number one, I see what they put themselves through and I see exactly what this sport entails. But then number two, it was an experience where it just kind of shows you that, man, you never know what, you never know what life can bring you. You could just be doing something one day and all of a sudden now like, you've got a whole new opportunity. And so, um, I, I, again, I always go back to experience. I still got the T-shirt from the tryout. Um, I look at that T-shirt every day, and I kind of I kind of look at that, and I always say to myself, man, like, you just have to kind of respect the sport, respect the business, and just work hard because you know you know, you know exactly what goes on in that building um, from a tryout's perspective. And so, you know, like, hey, like, you have to be ready at all times. You have to keep on working because if you ever get the opportunity to go back, or if you ever get the opportunity to do something else, you don't want to be there and, like, you know, not be ready for to-
1: Yeah, and, you know, I've talked to some guys that had tryouts in WWEs or opportunities, too, and it really is a timing thing, right? It's not, you know, it's, say, for example, uh, I had a wrestler on the show, uh big guy, a big, I mean, big, big dude, right? And uh, uh, kind of kind of what i would maybe compare to uh bam bam bigelow or vader size and um had a tryout right before the tryout he tore his bicep and had to go through rehab and then when he got done uh called up and said not looking for you right now Mm -hmm. and then he uh got a call now he's
0: wrestling for zero one Mm -hmm. you know so Hey, look, it, 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 really, it really just happens like that. And that's what, like I told, um, a lot of wrestlers that I talk about. It. I mean, I'm pretty young in the game, like, you know, in terms of just being like four years in as a wrestler. So I don't really feel like I have much authority to say anything about that because, you know, there's some seasoned professionals who have been there, done that, gone everywhere. So I kind of really, I have to be really careful about who I talk to or what I talk to about certain things because you don't want to offend anybody. Or you know, kind of come across as being respectful, but I always kind of tell some people, especially like some of the younger guys that are coming in as well, um, that really the first thing that you have to do when you come into this business is just know that you don't understand what anybody's looking for. You don't understand what anything, how it all goes. You don't. (laughs) They do. The big companies, they know what they want. They know what they're trying to sign you for. And if you're trying to guess or if you're trying to kind of like, you know, go off this framework, if you're trying to tell you, if you're trying to rationalize it all the time, then what can happen is that you might get it wrong a lot of the times. All the things you can do is just control what you can control. You can control how you look. You can control your work ethic. You can control your training. You can control, like, you know, um, your workout. You can control your diet. All these things which will help you in the long run become a better wrestler. Those are things you can control. Whether people have got eyes on you or whether people are, are looking at you and so forth, you can't control them. When you're in the building wrestling, you can control how you perceive yourself to that crowd. If you work for a TV crowd, you can control how you look on TV. You can control your professionalism, you can control, you know, the way you talk, the way that you, you do your promos, you can control the way that you associate with people around you. You also can control your social media presence. Are you coming across as a person that you want to work with? Are you coming across as a jerk? Because that's actually really, really important too. And some people don't really, in my opinion, um, don't really put a lot of emphasis on that. They don't put a lot of emphasis on like you know social skills because I think that's really you know a big thing. Because especially when you're talking about like these um, these big companies and you look at some of the people that are on the roster and look at how how much how long some of these people have been on the rosters, you have to understand it, it might be a pretty clicky roster. So when you're walking into there, like you know they might they they probably are observing people. Like if somebody said, hey, you know I want this person right there, they're be looking at your social media and saying, okay, cool, let's look at this person I'm trying to bring in and do what in our locker Look at him like oh man. Let's go and talk to boss man and say like yeah, this this guy now because he's like he or she is a problem. Like you know they we're gonna come in here and be an absolutely like no we don't want to deal with that. And so those are the things that you know sometimes in terms of you know getting there, making it and so forth. And I say this again as a person who hasn't made it to those big companies yet, so take it with a grain of salt. But. In terms of my experience of like, you know, just sports in general, in terms of like the things that got me places, the things that have you helped know, my success, I've always stuck by this one principle, which is everybody likes being around the mediocre, nice guy, but not a lot of people like being around the talented jerk. So I would say like, you know, even if I'm the mediocre, talented, nice guy, I'm just, that's, that's who I'm going to be. I'm going to be the genuine person who people just want to be around as opposed to a talented person that people can't stand, you know?
1: Yeah, you can be the greatest, whatever. But if nobody wants to work with you, how good are you?
0: Exactly. That's yeah, and that's, that's key.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh you know, I I know that you have an association with uh, some gentlemen that I know in wrestling, uh, Sermo and Dante Smiley. I've had uh, Dante on here a couple times, and uh, I've had the opportunity to talk to Sermo a time or two. What? How did you get hooked up with those guys? They're from Sword Championship Wrestling, uh, based out of Dallas, Texas.
0: Um, yeah. So basically, I worked with. Um, I worked with Sir Mo after my shortly after my WWE trial. Um, you know, the, the consensus was go and get some training, go and get some, um, learn basics, and um, you know, kind of see where everything goes. And so um, I was, you know, kind of looking around. Um, and Mo actually worked with one of my friends um, from college. Um, she did a lot of filming for him. And so she was the one that told me, like, hey, reach out to um, reach out to Sir MO because he actually runs a, a wrestling company and, yeah, you will know, go and get hooked up. So I went out one day um, to go and see Saw um, back when I was running in Capel, Texas. And, um, you know, I had a tryout and um, I just did some wrestling drills with Sir MO. And then ever since then it was a wrap, I, I, I decided to join the Bumpto Queens Academy. And then... Dante, um, I he was wrestling and saw a lot when I was there um as a trainee. And then eventually he became our head coach. And then um I finished all my training under Dante and um you know graduated under him and you know one hundred percent him and Sir Mo taught me so much um in terms of the wrestling business, the wrestling game, just a lot in terms of like what got me prepared as a wrestler. And then another name I want to throw into the hat is my English coach that I trained with in England. Um, Johnny Bailey, who, um, was Sid Scallop from NXT UK and he still, he still has some associations with the WWE as well. And, um, again, all these, all these three people poured so much knowledge into me in terms of just aspects of the wrestling that I would have never thought about unless, I was aware of it. And again, I could not thank these guys enough for just for how much they poured into me and how much they've gotten me to where I am as a wrestler. And, um, you know, especially, um, especially kind of like cinema, what he's done in WWE, training what he's done in WWE, don't tell him what he's doing with NWA and control your narrative and AEW and so forth. And, you know, just to that said he's gone to, And I think, that's important as a wrestling trainee to kind of know, um, hey, where have where, where my coaches been and what do they know? Because at the end of the day, like it, you need to find people who know how to get to that next level because how are you going to get to that next level if you don't know how to get to that next level? And it's not saying it's so much like, hey, find a coach that's been in those companies, but find a coach who's been in those companies, been in those companies or been around people who've been in those companies or have gotten people to those companies. Because again, you have to kind of like put it into perspective. You if you have a if you have somebody you're trying to go, you need to know somebody who knows how to get there. And they will know um not so much cheat codes, but they'll know the things that the the little nuances that just aren't really um that aren't really obvious. Like, well, you need to get these in into your promo skills, you need to like do this in your character work, you need to, you know, kind of know about this and this and this, and these are the things you kind of need to know. And and this is the things that will get you prepared, and you need to kind of think about this for your matches because if you don't then you kind of find yourself again in the dark just trying to figure things out and no one wants to be in that position. Yeah basically the do's and the don'ts. Exactly exactly yeah. so I'm 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 percent thankful that you know I've got the I got the honor of the, oh I still get the honor of calling these guys my coaches, you know?
1: You know, I was I was uh doing some research on you on online. And I, I came across the match with you and big said, and, <laughs> and and the first thing that, that came to my mind, wow, these guys are telling a story and I don't even, I never even picked up the book. <laughs>
0: you know, I
1: mean, I, I had no, I had, I have no idea if you guys had history. I have no idea. If you guys wrestled before, I don't, I don't know anything. But just watching that, I was, I, w- I was like, "There's some depth there,
0: right?" And I, and, and I think that's the that's, and I think that's the thing. It's just like that when when you watch. And so for me, like a lot of the things that I kind of embrace is a lot of stuff outside of wrestling. People say, "What? what do you mean?" It's like, yeah, like for instance, what? For example, right. When you watch those fights and so forth, right, there's a reason behind every action that they're doing. And that's the same for me. There has to be a reason behind every action I'm doing. Every move that I'm doing has to have a point. It has to even deal with the emotion I'm feeling at that moment. It has to deal with like what I'm trying to do at that moment. It has to deal with like how I'm trying to, how am I trying to crack this puzzle? Like, you know, like, especially going against Big Set. Um, we didn't have any history, but you know he's a big guy. Like you know, I can't just go out there and start doing random stuff to him, hoping that he he goes down. I have to be very, I have to be very tactical about it. It's like, you know, I do how am I gonna how am I gonna approach this puzzle and break it down? Because I I want to win this fight, and this guy's a you know a legit opponent, and so that means that you know right now it's going to be like a Rubik's cube. I'm going to have to basically piece everything together to show that you know I'm I'm doing everything I can to break this puzzle down. And when you kind of do that, like the crowd understands that. The crowd has to understand like, you know, like, okay, well, I'm doing this for this reason. But like, okay, that makes sense. If I was in this fight, I'll do that, you know? And so that's where I'm kind of thinking about like, you know, like what logically makes sense in this? How am I, how am I cracking this puzzle? Like, you know, like, is there a need for like, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to fight someone in a bar, do I need to body slam them to a table? Probably not. Like you know, you, you know, at that point, I'm just trying to do everything I can to make that open opening. And if I have to body slam them, then are 100. So be it. If I get the opening to do it, then 100. So be it. You know, and uh, I think it's the same thing. It's, it doesn't change anything. We're simulating a fight. We're, we're trying to. We're trying to make a fight happen. And so I'm. Um, you know, as a trained fighter, I'm, I'm doing everything that I'm trained to do, and I'm bringing that into the ring to make sure that I can. You know, show everybody exactly what's going on, and I think. If the crowd sees that, the crowd believes it, and the crowd is like, yeah, this 100% makes sense, you know? They're not coming in thinking, hey, this is like a wrestling match. They're coming in thinking to themselves, oh, wait, I'm, I'm really, like, I, I really don't know if this guy, if these guys really like each other. Like, I'm, I'm, one, I, I'm, a, I'm not too sure if this guy actually got hurt, you know? And um, that's the kind of suspended belief that you want to have them in because at that point, that's when you know they're buying into what you're doing, and they'll probably come back. Yeah, I'm- Absolutely.
1: well i'm I'm waiting for the rematch
0: <laughs> Actually, it's, it's happening. it's gonna happen. it's gonna happen <laughs> Hey, how can uh, people find you on social media? Um so they can find me on Instagram at the Ronin Jace. oh sorry, at Ronin J say same with Twitter Ronin J so um, on Facebook Jace say. Um, I'm on Twitch as well, so I game um every so often. So rolling J So say. And I think that's pretty much it. And um yeah, we'll see. I think just basically if you Google Rolling J So like a lot of my stuff just comes up. So you'll be you able to find me everywhere that you, you can see it. And
1: you have a a lot of matches on um so on YouTube, I think, right? I, I found a lot of on YouTube.
0: Yeah, so you can Google my name and you, you can Google or search my name on YouTube and pretty much like all my matches will come up from like PWF, APW, um, Soar, um on, I, 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 I know that I've got one at Ozark coming up, NCWO, um, so like you'll be able to see all my matches on there. And then um, I'm piecing together a lot to put on my YouTube channel as well, which is again at Ronnie J. So say, so um, those will be always available.
1: Well, you know what, I I'm I'm excited for your career. I see I see good things for you in the future, and yeah, I'm just I'm I enjoyed our conversation. I'm glad I'm glad we were able to do this.
0: Hey, 100. I'm I'm actually thankful for the opportunity. Like you know, 100. You know, I know again as I said again, I'm a young bud in this game, so like I, I I don't ever expect these opportunities. So 100. percent I'm thankful um thank you so much for for doing this and um and 100 hopefully we get to do this again i'm I'm making sure that i'm going to spread this so far and wide so that people know how awesome you are and also i'm going to get your books thank you thank you all right man we'll have to do it again yes sir
1: you're listening to the wrestleville podcast where wrestling lives The Bon Eric family is legendary. He was
2: kind of a bully.
1: Lance by chance, Bon Eric.
2: They were afraid I would go to WWF. So they kind of, on television, it, that I wasn't the real Bon Eric.
1: Find out what Lance talked about in his book.
2: You know how many people that I've worked with that are, are dead, especially with world class. Many, many, many people took steroids on top of the other drugs. Chris Adams, you headbutted the, the co-pilot.
1: And find out what happened when Lance left Dallas. I
2: used to run guns from the states to South Africa and got busted in the UK. Lance by chance wrestling as a
1: Buy your book today at wrestleville.com
0: or on Amazon.